Uh, today we're continuing our message series, Biblical Parenting, which is going to continue through the end of this month. Uh, we're, this series is designed to help us to better understand how to parent children as God our Father uh, basically parents His children, each one of us as a child of the Heavenly Father. Today we're going to talk about shaping a child's view of God. Now I believe that a, a person, any of us here, our first and most important impression of God came from our relationship with our parents, uh, in especially, as we'll see in a minute, from our father. Parents for a young child, they provide for them, they protect them, they teach them. And young children often think their parents, I mean really young children, think their parents are like Superman. They can do anything. Now, by the time children get older, they understand that's not quite true. But the young Young children simply uh, believe that uh, parents can absolutely do anything. And so parents are the visible authority figures in a young child's life. And so children gain in their understanding of God the ultimate authority figure from their parents. And so from early ages, their understanding of God is from their parents' behavior, how their parents act. They tend to see that's how God would act. Now, as children grow, the teaching of the parents also begins to shape their understanding of God. Now, children that have abusive or unloving parents that don't show affection or, or love, they, they tend to have a view of God that is very stern, that's very authoritarian, that's, that's very without love. That's an inaccurate view, but they develop that view from their parents. And so children tend to project the personality of their parents onto God. If a, a child's parents are angry a lot, then they think angry, God is angry a lot. And this just naturally happens. A child with no father in their formative years often finds it difficult as they grow up to be able to understand God as their heavenly father because they didn't grow up with an earthly father. And so the more we as parents are like God in our lives, the more our children will see God as he really is. And so that lays a great responsibility on us as parents. First verse we want to look at today is from 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Uh, the verses are written out in your Insert in your bulletin and the white page as well as the outline. I encourage you to take that out and follow along. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so Paul's goal in life was to be a follower of Jesus Christ, an imitator of Jesus. And he, he believed that when people looked at his life, they would have a good idea of what Jesus was like. Now that's quite a statement that he made. Would that we all could make that statement, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so in this verse, he instructed believers who are reading his letter to imitate him, to follow his example as he followed Christ. And in the very same way, parents should be imitators of Christ. They should be following Jesus' example in their lives. So they can say to their children, be imitators of us as we are of Jesus Christ. One of the key images of God in Scripture is that of a father. 
It's mentioned over 261 times in the Bible that God is our Father. Now, interestingly, of those 261 times, only eight times is God mentioned as Father in the Old Testament. And all the rest is mentioned in the New Testament. And that's because Jesus was the one who began to really transform our understanding of God as Father. He called God his Father all through Scripture. Well-known Verse in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Speaking of God as his Father, but not, he didn't say pray, you know, he didn't pray my Father in heaven, our Father. So it's not just Jesus' Father, it's the Father of each and every one of us. And so today we're going to look at a psalm in the Old Testament, Psalm 145, to study some of the characteristics of God. And as as parents, we need to have, first of all, a right view of who God is to understand what he is like, and then we should be growing and becoming more like him. And as we grow and becoming more like God in all of our life and all of our parents, we will shape our children's view of God more accurately. And so they, in turn, can one day shape the view of their children of God as well. And of course, as we do that in our lives, not only will our children be affected, but people outside our family will be affected and have a more accurate view of what God is like through watching the words or listening to the words and watching the behavior of believers. So in order to rightly shape our, our children's view of God, we must speak of God's mighty acts. We're going to be looking at a selection of verses from Psalm 145. We don't have time to look at all the verses. I'd encourage you to read the whole psalm on your own this week. Verse 4 begins and says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And so Psalm 145 is a psalm of David. It's a psalm written in praise of God. And in verse 4, he's speaking of parents, one generation, commending or declaring God's acts to their children to another generation. Now, what are these mighty acts of God? Well, God's mighty acts are recorded for us in Scripture. Not only should parents know God's mighty acts, but we should positively speak of them to our children and teach them to our children. And one important thing that David is getting at here is that God's mighty acts should not just be spoken of as ancient history. Well, they are ancient history. They happened thousands of years ago, the things that we read in the Bible. But God is the same today. God's mighty acts should be taught as revealing God's eternal power. The same power that God exhibited in the mighty acts that we read about in the Scripture, He still holds that power, and He can and does do mighty acts in the world today if we have but eyes to see what He is doing. And so parents should be able to tell their children of God's mighty acts in their own lives. We get children to understand that God is not just somebody who lived and worked thousands of years ago, but God is alive today. God does mighty things today. And when one generation tells another of God's mighty acts, it causes both parents and children to meditate on God's splendor. Verse 5 says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous acts, I will meditate. What does it mean to meditate? To meditate means to think about. It means to ponder. It means to, to wonder at. 
You know, all too often we read Bible stories and we just, after you read the Bible for a while, it just, uh, it just quickly goes over your head. It just, you just read it and you don't meditate on it. You don't ponder it. You're not in awe of what God is doing or has done. And so with children particularly, we should take time with our children to use our imagination to recreate the scenes as, as they happened. I mean, what would have been like to see God empower David to run towards this giant Goliath with merely a slingshot if we'd been there? What would you have felt if you were in the crowd when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb and you saw the dead man in his grave clothes walk out? What would you feel if you were transported into heaven as the apostle John was in the book of Revelation and began to see the things that he saw. Meditate on God's splendor. Meditate on God's power with our children. These are not just stories. They're not fairy tales. They're things that actually happen that tell us what God is like. Meditation leads to worship as we can actually sing of God's righteousness. Verse 7, They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Now who is the day here? The day is speaking of both generations. The parents and the children spreading the fame of God's goodness to everybody who will listen. And so as a parent, are, are we being a witness of God's goodness to others as an example to our children? It speaks of singing aloud of God's righteousness. Our children should see us worshiping God. On church on Sunday morning, that's why it's so important for parents to be at church with their children, not just send their children to church, but to be there with them. And when you're here with your children, do they see you worshiping God? Do they see you singing, or are you just watching the praise band perform? Are you worshiping God? Your children can see the difference between a parent worshiping and a parent just watching. Do you worship God at home? Do your children hear you praying to God? Do they hear you singing? So I can't sing. Well, making a joyful noise, put it that way, uh, before the Lord. Praising God at home, not just on Sunday mornings. You see, if mom and dad only speak of God, only praise God, only worship God, only pray on Sunday morning, guess what the children are going to do? At best, the same thing. That's how they're going to live their lives eventually. And so we have an important responsibility to, see our to allow our children to see us worshiping God, to see God impacting every aspect of our lives because it shapes our children's view of God. Now, of course, none of us as parents can ever perfectly represent God to our children. And yet God would have us to be mindful that everything we do, for better or for worse, is going to impact our children's view of God. And so we should ask God to show us areas in our lives where we're not accurately representing God so that we could better represent him to our children. Ask God for forgiveness for the times that you've misrepresented him to your children. And even if your children are gone from home, 
Seek God's help to speak of him to your children and to your grandchildren as you get opportunity telling of his mighty acts in the past, in the Bible, and in your life. So they can understand that God is alive today. And as you do, you're going to be shaping your children's and grandchildren's view of God. And the things that you do will help others outside the family have a right view of God. You see, many people have a wrong view of God because people who claim to be Christians are not living in a Christ-like way. But as we live in a Christ-like way, people will be drawn to God. Not only must we speak of God's mighty acts, we should emulate God's gracious characters. Verse 8, the Lord is gracious and merciful. That's one of the most important aspects of God's character, his grace and his mercy. And this is an area where, where many people's parents lacked in this area, and so their view of God is warped. Many people think of God as, as simply a stern God, sitting up in heaven with a two-by-four ready to whack you the minute you did any, do anything wrong. That's people's view of God. And yet, the Bible teaches us that God is gracious. He's, he's full of grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor or blessing. You see, each and every one of us, each and every person on this planet deserves to spend eternity in hell because of our sin. And God could justly send every last one of us to hell and be completely just and righteous. But because of his grace, because of his mercy, he sent Jesus to take our punishment on the cross so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him so that we could be his children. And so as parents, we need to show grace to our children as well as God does, demonstrating his, his love. Verse 8 continues and says that God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And again, many people think of God as, a, as an angry God. Why? Probably because their parents were angry kind of people. But God is slow to anger. He gives people many, many opportunities to repent and turn from their sin. And the reason that God is slow to anger is because he's overflowing in love. He's a God of love. The Bible tells us that God is love. So how can we as parents be slow to anger? If we're quick to anger, we are not accurately representing God to our children. How can we be slow to anger? How can we show steadfast love to our children, whether they're obeying or disobeying? And of course, as parents, we, we don't overlook disobedience. We talked last Sunday about disciplining children, the importance of godly discipline. But in every aspect of, of life with our children, we should remember that love needs to be demonstrated. A patient love for our children that, that never gives up on them, even when they do wrong, even when they may stray from God. And we're going to talk about that next Sunday, about how to deal with a lost child. We need to demonstrate steadfast love and to show goodness to everybody. Verse 9 continues, says, The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. And so the Lord, our Heavenly Father, is good not just to his children. He's good to everybody. The Bible says he sends his rain on the just and the unjust. 
It causes this sun to shine on the believer and the unbeliever alike. He's good to everybody. And so we as parents should be good to everyone as well. Not just to our family, not just to our church family, but to everybody. Believer and unbeliever alike. People who agree with us on some issue and people who disagree. We should be good to them. We should demonstrate God's love. God seeks to bless every person in many different ways. And so should we. And so our children can understand God's goodness. And so these aspects of God's character, these things we've been talking about that we should emulate as, as parents are called in the New Testament the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and this list sounds a lot like the character of God, doesn't it, that we've been talking about. And why is that? Well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is God. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit lives in the life of every believer and demonstrates through us. And these fruit grow in us as we walk more and more closely to God. And as we do, it helps our children see what God is like. The more we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, the more our children see what God is like. And it helps them to develop the fruit of the Spirit in their own lives as well. And so if you want to see more of the fruit of the Spirit in your children's lives, make sure that it's growing in your own life. And oftentimes, if we see things that are not the fruit of the children, uh, fruit of the Spirit in our children's lives, as parents, we need to look within ourselves and say, uh-oh, they're just doing what I did. Children imitate their parents. Not only should we speak of God's mighty acts and emulate God's character, we should act to help those in need. Verse 14, the Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. And so God doesn't abandon those who fall away from him or those who are under heavy burdens. He sustains them. He encourages them. And at times, of course, when a child is young, they fall, don't they? I mean, they physically fall. And we help them back up. We sometimes hold their hands so they don't fall. Our children at times will get in trouble, either physically, emotionally, or, or spiritually. And those are the times that we as parents need to uphold our children to be there for them. They'll go through things in life that are hard for them, and we need to be there, strengthening them, comforting them, encouraging them when they're discouraged or need help. And so a godly parent is not aloof and uncaring. They act to help when their children are in need. And that's going to happen throughout life, not just when they're living at home. A godly parent should provide for their family. Verse 15, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. And so God provides for his children everything they need in life on every level. Now we as parents cannot provide everything that God does, but we can provide for our children. In fact, we're commanded to provide for our children in many ways. Obviously, we must provide for their daily food, their shelter, and their clothing. But provision goes beyond the typical physical needs. 
our children need to be infirmed. They need to be encouraged. They need to develop God-given, the God-given gifts and abilities that God has put into their life. And as we as parents do this, our, our children will learn that we are there for them to help them, to guide them along the path that God has chosen for their lives. And God is there as well. And ultimately, we are to teach our children to depend not only on us as parents, but depend on God as we depend on God. We don't, as parents, have the answer for everything, but God does. And we depend on God, and we teach our children to depend on Him as well. We ought to answer our children's calls. The Lord answers our calls. Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. So the Bible tells us that God is ever-present. Whenever we're in trouble, whenever we need something, all we have to do is call, and God is there. He's ready to answer. And as parents, we need to be there when our children call on us for help. And they call on us for help in many different ways at different ages. You know, when a child is little, it's pretty, they cry. They call on us for help, and we come to help them. And as they grow older, they're going to call for help in, in different ways. And we need to be there for them, to help them, to counsel them, to pray with them. And our children need to understand that we as parents don't have all the answers. And when we don't have an answer, we call on God. And God hears our call and answers us. And they can call on God as well. And God will answer our children's prayers as well. God's character is reflected in his actions. And we as, as God's, and we as parents should reflect God's character in our actions as well. And so this is talking about God helps those in need. And so we as parents should help those in need including our family, and going beyond our family. Your children should see you helping those with needs outside your family, having a heart of compassion, having a heart of kindness, a heart of goodness to those who need help, those that you know and those that you don't know. Your children should see you supporting missions that sends missionaries around the world to minister both to people's physical needs and their spiritual needs. They should see you helping the needs of those right here in St. Louis. Because God helps the just and the unjust. And as parents reflect God's character in their actions, their children's view of God is shaped. A child's view of God is shaped first and foremost by their parents, and that's an awesome privilege and an awesome responsibility. And God wants to help every parent and grandparent here to better represent Him to their children. Oftentimes, grandparents think, well, it's all done, it's all over, I can't do anything more. Well, that's not true. Obviously, you don't have the day-to-day -day interaction with your children that you did when they were at home. But as a grandparent, you can... Pray for your children. You have interaction with your children. You can speak of God. 
You have interaction with your grandchildren. You can speak of God to them as well. To re better represent God to your children at every stage of their life. At any age, we must speak of God's mighty acts. We should seek to make God famous to our children. We should seek to make God the ultimate hero to our children. Both what he's done in scripture in the past and what he's doing today in our lives, in our generation, in the year 2017. Ask for God's help that you might be an example of God's gracious character in every aspect of life. Seek God's direction to be a parent who, who helps those in need, helping those in the family, those outside the family as well. And as, as you grow as a parent, as you grow in better representing the character and the acts of God to your family, you're also going to be growing as a witness to those outside your family, and you're going to help your children to grow in that dimension as well. Now, obviously, to represent God is an awesome responsibility, and we can only begin to do that as we are a believer. It's only believers that have the Holy Spirit living inside of them that enables them to be followers of Jesus Christ. We become believers by admitting that we've sinned. You know, sin really is anything that is done that does not accurately represent God. So when we lie, when we steal, when we're unkind, whatever it is, that's sin because it doesn't represent God. We're created in the image of God to represent God. And when we don't represent who He is in our actions, in our attitudes, we sin. And the first step to relationship with God is to admit that we've sinned and ask for God's forgiveness. We, we must believe that Jesus died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven. He died on the cross and He took our punishment for our sins, that we don't have to take that punishment. And then we commit our lives to following Him, to following Jesus as our Lord and Savior all the days of our lives. And so that's important for every parent to be a believer of Jesus Christ, for every child to become a believer. So let's bow our heads right now. If you've never prayed a prayer like this before, or perhaps you have, but you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I'd encourage you to pray along with me, something like this. Hey, Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've, I've done things that were wrong, that didn't accurately represent who you were and who you are. Please forgive me. I believe that in your grace you sent Jesus to die on the cross that my sins might be forgiven. And he took the punishment for my sin that I might be set free and become your child. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Savior and my Lord all the days of my life. I want you to live inside of me by your Holy Spirit so that I can live life following you and representing you to the, to the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.